Welcome to the Geeks of the North, a hobby and gaming podcast in the Dolph Provence. We're here to paint some miniatures and talk about the hobby, so why don't you sit back, relax, grab a paintbrush, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Geeks of the North, your hobby and gaming podcast in the Dolph Provence. As always, I'm your host, Paul Filio, here once again this week, after a brief uh, break, with uh, my buddy Antoine Bergeron. Hello. Hey Antoine, how's it going, sir? Good, you? going yeah I, i'm glad to be back on the mic i <laughs> always mo- miss those uh those time together but we had a bunch of time together in the past weeks that, that's so true, at that's least true. that compensated a bit <laughs> that sounds so wrong it's so right <laughs> um yeah i'm uh i'm oh. dry brushing a model this uh this is very um i don't know uh, 2003 of me because uh, this model is uh, pretty much going to be all dry brush it seems because it is a pretty ugly model and I have no idea what to do with it <laughs> what model is that uh, Iron Train from Pulp City oh I yeah, yeah. His, I think that's his name yep he's uh, pretty hideous he's going to get uh, lots of dry brushing and then some uh, maybe some black lining for contrast and uh, a little bit of edge highlighting with something super bright and silvery. And we're going to call him done, because maybe I'll pick out like some brass pieces or something. Yeah, because he would look a bit flat with just... <laughs> well, let's Just silver? There's only so much you can do with that model, but still. Yeah, it's not uh, not the best model from the range, shall we say. Yeah. But uh, I I'm, I'm a bit of a completist, so... You had one to sell, I had one to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I traded you for it, but I got, reminds me, I gotta get the the guy ready for your trade. Well, I'll get ready, I gotta get him out. I know where he is, just gotta unpack him. Exactly. So yeah, Pulp City. Mm, Pulp City. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we talked about during the last two shows, mainly. <laughs> and uh, that's still what we're on. Uh... Still what we're on. It's yep. the flavor of the month. It has not stopped. Well, it's, it's such a fun little game. I don't want it to stop, Antoine. No, me neither. Now that uh, I found people who want to play, <laughs> you mean the main one, uh, I just want to keep it alive. Oh, I think there's other people that really want to play. I think Chris really wants to play too, but he needs some models. And mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, I I kind of sniped a lot of models he was going to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, oops. Uh, and between you and me, he has enough metal to play anyway. Like I, I was looking at my collection, and there's a reason I didn't mind uh, trading you a bunch of the models I have. Yeah, I uh, I may have gone a little insane. Yeah, and I'm I- joining you. Uh, I traded some just to make space for uh, like three times more coming in. So. Seems legit. Yeah. And uh, my buy list is longer than that, too. So, At least it's not easy to buy models, right? Yeah, it keeps me from uh, spurging. Splurging? Um, splurging. Yeah, splurging. Tanel. Yeah. I'm working on something for Pulp City. It's not Pulp City itself. <coughs> I'm sculpting a bust of Zoltar. A bust? Yeah. 
What's the, his uh, What's the Zoltar? Sorry, let's. Uh, Zoltar is the uh, fortune teller machine in Big. Oh 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 oh! <laughs> Sorry, yes, I don't, okay, I know what a Zoltar is. There. And I couldn't find a model that fit, so I found a head to at least have a face to work on. But I'm uh, sculpting the rest because the, the buddies I had didn't work out. So starting working on that today. That's for your primate of mystery. mystery? Yeah. So uh, he's painted. He's all painted. That's some of the stuff I did in the past few weeks. But uh, like he's sitting cross-legged. So the primates, the three primates are really small. And for the the primate of nature already comes uh, jacked on a parking pole, something like that. Uh, a parking meter thing. Parking meter, yeah. Well, it's not a meter. It's just like uh, um, parka, uh, sign. a sign with the parking with the, the the parking P on it. Oh, okay. So it's not super clear. Or you you can probably park, uh, paint anything you want there. But yeah, for the primate of science, he's a bit bigger, but. He comes underground, and I found that it was a bit too plain. And I had a telephone box, a phone box, uh-huh. in my pile of resin terrain that I got for the game. So I put it on that. It makes him really stand out because he's uh, like two or three times higher than he would be. But I didn't have anything for the primate of mystery in. I chatted about that online with uh, other people. There were multiple uh, suggestions, but that a fortune teller box like fit with uh, my zoo slash amusement park team, and it fits with with him. He's a little mystical uh, rock monkey, so sitting on a, on a box like that would be for perfect. So now I'm building that box. Who suggested that? Anyone I know, or was it just, uh, some random person off the internet? Oh, it's a guy in the uh, uh, Supreme Skirmish Supremacy and uh, Epic Duck Discord. Oh, I didn't know you were so high tech that you hung out in Discords. <laughs> I thought that was only Steve. That's the only Discord channel I'm on. <laughs> yeah, I'm too old. I just can't do it. I'm always left wondering why the heck I'm there. Well, it's for me. It's, it's like a forum, <laughs> or a, well, except a big with even Facebook worse, thread with even worse search parameters than Facebook, and uh, no easy way to scroll up and sort stuff. <laughs> no, no, but is that really? The, it's not really the force of uh, Facebook either. <laughs> no, the the yeah, that's certainly not what Facebook's forte is. No. So, and it's not a giant group, so it doesn't get out of end. I'm able to follow, even if I skip a day or two, so. Oh, that's, okay, that makes it better. Because, yeah, I I tried to follow a few different discords, and you log in, and it's like, oh, you're 300 messages behind. Yeah, but uh, it stops at 50 plus, so you don't know how many... Yeah, I was into the uh, Chibi one for Super Dungeon Explorer, and yeah, it was just too much. Those Chibi guys are hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no, I, I stopped uh, following. 
I have one, and that's enough for me. Yeah, working on him. Oh, so I have to sculpt the box, uh, sculpt the bust, and then uh, make the box around. So I found everything. I just need to decide what I use for the the clear panels on the outside. Either I think I remember having really uh, tin. Uh, wow, I'm blanking on the name. Acrylic, plastic. Yeah, acrylic, acrylic sheet. But I couldn't find it, so I might just use a blister. Let's say I, blister I, I, assume, pack. I assume it's going to be blister pack material. Yeah, I wanted something a bit thicker for added strength because it's going to be just a small plastic box with a metal monkey on top. Oh yeah. Oh. But I have a styrene corners that I will uh, add for added strength. Yeah, but I still... think it's gonna be fine, but <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Eh? Yeah, having a, a thicker plastic than the blister pack would have been good. Yeah, understandable. So, what have you worked on except uh, apart from uh, that iron train? Nothing. Nothing, because I've had no time in two weeks. Too many things going on in real life. That and uh, to be honest, I, you're waiting on models, so. Well, it's not waiting on models, but I have a couple models I can work on, like this iron train. The problem is I don't have bases for them, uh, and I don't usually start models until I've got everything and it's all planned out, and I know exactly where I'm going. Mm hmm. And you usually paint with model on base, right? Uh, often, yes. So this is a bit awkward for me. I'm not used to doing it like this. The other thing is, like, I tend to plan my model from beginning to end before a brush ever touches it. Mm -hmm. Hard to do that when you don't have a base of the model. <laughs> it's, it's just a, a very odd change for me. But uh, you've done something else, too, though. You've uh, shown me pictures of something today. Oh! <laughs> I wasn't really counting that, but okay, we'll count that. I, um... Well, a few weeks back, you sent me a file to 3D print for a uh, a billboard um, for Pulp City, like Pulp City scale. And I went to try to print it last weekend, and I took one look at the file and I'm like this this will never print. Like it's it's it had some serious design issues. It would need eight million uh, pounds of supports, and it would just be a nightmare to take apart, like take off the supports and stuff. So like I'm just going to redesign it. So I ended up. Basically, uh, using the other guy's model as inspiration and um, rebuilding the model from scratch for a uh, a billboard for the game. And I think it came out okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still doing detailing stuff. And there's there's always more revisions, fiddling. But I think uh, I think where I am right now is pretty good. Um. I'm going to change it a little bit so that uh, one of the pieces now that's multi-part will no longer be multi-part. It'll print as a single piece. Um, I'll just change how it prints and change the design a little bit, and I think it'll be fine. And that'll make the assembly a little easier because you won't need any glue for that part. Because basically on the back of the... Um, man, i got no idea what this thing is that I'm painting. Uh, on the back of the billboard, there's like a, a gantry, I guess you could say, or a walkway. Mm -hmm. And it's two levels. And right now it's com 
composed of four pieces. Uh, two sides, uh, a top and a bottom. Because it's like two levels. But uh, I want to make it uh, that I'll print as one piece. It'll make things a little easier. Mm. Okay. I think but, that will look cool. Yeah, and I gave you the dimensions, so you're going to make some artwork for me, I think you said. Yeah. So that uh, we can just print it in color and glue it to the front of the, the billboard. Yeah, that's a, that's a goal. Yeah, I was going to do something like that too, but I, I wasn't sure what I would take for artwork. I was figured I would just pull something off of their website and use it in the meantime. But uh, your Photoshop skills are probably far greater than mine, so I will leave it at that. Greater, maybe. Far greater, I wouldn't say. <laughs> I'm not Steve. Yeah, well, yeah. me neither, right? But we're not graphic artists. Nope. There's only so much I can do, but I do work with it almost daily. So. Yeah, I don't I don't touch that stuff anymore. I used to work a lot with Illustrator, and I don't do it anymore. I used to work with Illustrator to do uh, layouts for advertising, mm-hmm. um, which is totally not what Illustrator's for, but that's what I was handed, so that's what I used. And I got to be fairly proficient at it, too. Yeah, you use what you have. So. Yep. And I know people do stuff like that, and they use Photoshop. And I'm like, I can't, I can't imagine trying to do page layout in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's it. I don't think I've got anything else that I've worked on. Yeah. Um, let's go to your stuff because my games are all with you. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, I finished Doctor Red that I was working on during last recording. So my big uh, scientist orangutan. I also painted the primate of mystery, like we've already mentioned. He's missing his base, though, so still uh, waiting for He's that. still mysterious. Yeah, yeah still mysterious. He'll stay mysterious. Uh, apart from that, I painted some terrain. I painted one of the MC Studio house, uh, the defunct uh, MC Studio, sadly. That came out really nice. Yeah, I'm happy with it, and uh, the, the design is good. I'm sad I couldn't uh, buy more. Uh, I had an order in place uh, just before he finished uh, working on stuff, but uh, his laser went out before he got to my so my stuff. So I had uh-huh. to. I had uh, more of those uh, city building, and some of the ten millimeter he did for um, Drabzon Commander. I didn't know he designed stuff for Drop Zone. I, yep. I didn't remember. That's too bad. Because it, it looks great. His stuff was awesome. He still listens to the show, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for the building, Mark. Yeah, well done, sir. It's a shame it didn't uh, didn't work out long run. So, painted that. And, uh, like, a, a street post. Uh, a signpost for uh, a street names. From my mentic uh, pack of random uh, urban was that accessories. Mars, Mars attack stuff. Yep. Yeah, the Mars attack accessory pack is really good for terrain like that. They're just chunky enough. Like I have some of those in the uh, Antenna Cities Workshop ones, but the Antenna Cities stuff is more scaled for like the old school Infinity. Where the scale oh, is... Oh, itty bitty tiny. Yeah. 
So my garbage bins from Mintic and from Intercities that I bought at the same time through the same Kickstarter don't really have the same scale. <laughs> so, whoops. Yeah. They look fine anyway. I just don't put them like side by side. But uh, there's a, a difference. <laughs> well, I won't tell anyone if you won't. No. So that's about it for uh, Hobby. It's been a couple of weeks, but even then, uh, I haven't done much either. We've played more than usually, and I had uh, stuff to do at home, so that cuts hey. into the hobby time. Hey, you've been playing a lot of games. Yeah, in the last two weeks and a half, uh, I've played more than I play in months, usually. So <laughs> You're living the life, Anton. Oh, well. <laughs> It's that or painting seems I can do both. So. <laughs> it's been playing. And I'm happy because I've been, I've been playing a lot of Pulse City. So speaking of games, what what did you play? Uh, <laughs> lots of Pulse City. Maybe we should just start the Pulse City podcast, Antoine. The Supremes of the North. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, so I play lots of Pulse City. It's really kind of a, a birthday thing for me. Couple weeks back, and we had a uh, we did a four v four Pulp City game. A two v two. I said four v four. Yes, I'm insane. That would be so bonkers. Um, yes, two v two, four people. I knew there was a four in there somewhere. Um, and it was really awesome. We had our buddy uh, Chris over. We had Guillaume, not to be mistaken for Guillaume, and uh, yourself. You all came over to my house. Mm-hmm. And we threw down. My daughter uh, watched you do table setup and was amazed. <laughs> she still mentions it. Yeah, she liked all the female models. No matter the paint job or the model or the line, as long as it was female, she'd say, I love this one. Oh, but not this one. Yeah, but it's painted far better. Yeah, but she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of... She's so pretty. Yeah. It's uh, it's like my daughter's a uh, five-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned your Shnishinka multiple times. She likes uh, her because her uh, she's blue. Blue, and... yeah. She mentioned the man face. <laughs> no, she did not. She's always asking, why does she look like a man, though? <laughs> she's really nice, Daddy, but why does she look like a man? <laughs> just, just the way it worked out here. Just the way it worked out. <laughs> yeah, so mm. we played... Um, 2v2, we played my uh, Red Republic and your apes versus the Grim and a uh, random assortment of indie villains. Yes. And uh, we read the rules wrong. Slightly. Uh, sure. <laughs> you can say slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a lie, but you can say it. <laughs> I read the rule wrong. <laughs> Let's be honest. I I wasn't laying blame. I was not laying blame on you. I was just saying it wasn't slightly wrong. It was it was just wrong. <laughs> that's okay. We had lots of fun. Um, we died because we were horribly outnumbered. I don't even remember what the objectives were. It didn't help, but I think we we were down anyway. 
we were down? Yeah, you didn't have any support model. You didn't have actions to work on. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So we're we're playing. Okay, let's let's add some context here because I suppose yeah. we didn't say anything about the game. So it was a very small point value, like six points. Um, and yeah, I was lacking uh, a lot of stuff to make my guys kind of perform because I did not have enough action points to really uh, activate my models and make good use of them. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment of <laughs> what my setup was like. Yeah, and you also add models that I've uh, eye punch, but not a good uh, number of attacks, and we were swarmed by multiple small, uh, low-level Supremes. So, Yes, that's true. I didn't have a, a high volume of attacks. So... Yeah, it doesn't matter if you have the Incredible Hulk on your team if uh, he only swings once and he gets hit back ten times in retaliation. You still die horribly. Yep. But it was fun. Well, I don't think Hope City knows how to not be fun. <laughs> I'm serious. It's it's such a good little game. It's it's not War Machine. You're not going to get you know super strategic on it. I mean, there is strategy, obviously, but it's, you know, that's not what it was built for. It was built to be a a fun game that can make you think, but you don't necessarily have to. You don't want to. And I think they did a phenomenal job at that. Yep. I agree. My preferred method of play is to not think. <laughs> Just a little FYI for listeners who may not know me. I can kind of get caught up in uh, killing models and not really paying attention to mission objectives, as we'll discuss later. <laughs> indeed indeed. because I really beat myself that game but anyway yeah so we played multiplayer game it went on uh, kind of forever it was lots of fun and I look forward to doing it again mm-hmm. I need to get uh, Guillaume to paint some models and get Chris some models so he can have some fun painting and then we will uh, play the Pulp City somewhere so that was the first one after that, we decided to have uh, some more game, but one on one to uh, speed up a bit. I don't think it was just to speed it up. I think it was also to like, maybe let me learn the rules. Yeah, let us all learn the rules. Like, I know much of the rules, but once you get to more technical stuff, I wasn't at all fluent with it. So, we've we're discovering some questions every game almost. Stuff that might be clear in the book, but needs to be checked or reread. So we do misinterpret a bit while playing. Yeah, we've done that a few times. But I think we're at a good place now. There's not much that seems not clear. No, we had a pretty good flow last game. Yeah. Aside from when I was distracted uh, listening to Chernobyl on the TV. <laughs> Sorry, Chernobyl, I should say. That was funny, playing the Red Republic, listening to um, Russians be essentially evil on the TV. <laughs> yeah, it felt it like was it, kind of a team. It kind of felt like my wife was supporting me. She was watching Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so that was our first game was the team game. Then we played a 12-point... Uh, my Russians versus your monkeys. That went on quite long as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was our biggest game yet, too. Well, I think uh, 12 points is the biggest game, period, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they recommend between 9 and 12 for a, a full game, so... That's a, an evening game. Like you won't play multiple at that yeah. size. And you, we didn't. <laughs> no one. Um, and you won it. It was very close. I think you won by one point or something. Yeah, it ended. We neither of us scored the main plot, so we only scored the agendas that are only worth one point each. It ended two to one, and by by a single die roll at the end. Yeah. Like, if I didn't do that last point of damage in the last activation I had, it would have tied. <laughs> Sounds so, funny how it works. Really close. You discovered the uh, power of uh, a butt. Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm pretty much discovering that I hate anyone with throw. Because throw appears to be the best ranged attack in the game. Um, it's very cool and very thematic. I don't really have any problems with it. Um, but it is strong. <laughs> with the the right setup. Yeah, well, most of the guys that seem to have throw, like 8-bot whatever, do tons of base damage and then tons of extra effects damage. And then they're adding lots of dice to the already large pool because of the new uh, object rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, smash it up, rules. Yeah. So, when you start adding two or three dice, that makes a pretty big difference to the dice pool. Well, I'll have to say, tons of fun. And I'm really enjoying the fact that I can do a lot of, like, ranged melee attacks with uh, <laughs> Professor Hammer's rocket fists. Yeah, those are pretty good, too. I must be honest. I really wonder if we're using them as intended, to be honest. There's some things like the using rocket fists uh, as part of a close combat attack with smash. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, like where I'm picking up cars and stuff on the fly with the rocket fists as they fly by. It's more uh, cinematic that way. So. It's certainly cinematic. I, I would never deny that. That doesn't mean it's correct. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> That's probably something we should uh, clarify. <laughs> Because it's a close combat maneuver. And it says you can do close combat maneuvers at range. Close combat maneuvers, though, are base-to-base normally. And in order to smash someone, you have to be base-to-base with the object you're going to pick up and smash the person with, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. move... Past it on the way. Past it on the way, yeah. Like, my, my rocket fist attacks are based on sound, like application of the rules but I'm not sure that was ever intended um, when those rules were written oh well and then this weekend we played a slightly smaller game yep played uh, 10 points you add a similar list just one little list I made some change changed my primate of power to the primate of nature uh. and just so people understand like 10 points I had like 5 models Yep, you had f- you had five. I had a lot more <laughs> because I had uh, Le Mertiple, which is a small infiltrator that comes. It's a, a one level infiltrator, but it comes with three models. Yes. So that 
that yes, adds up yeah. quickly. And I also add some minions, and you don't have any minion points. So uh, yeah, there were a lot more people on my side of the table for sure. Yes, well, and so, my uh, leader is only one point, while yours is three. So. so essentially, it was like you were cheating. No, but I had a lot more small, weak model. I know you find the linears incredibly annoying, but you can't say that they are the uh, backbone of my force. <laughs> oh, I can say it. I, I'd just be, be lying. Yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, believe you if you said that. <laughs> Freaking linears. So, uh, and uh, like the first game we played together, they made the difference in uh, controlling <laughs> the territories and giving me the the upper end in the main plot, which gave me the game in the end. Game four to three, you had two of the agendas, I had one, but I had the main plot, which is three points. So that gave me the game. Once again, by during the last turn, it could have gotten both ways. You could have uh, at least tied based on the agendas. But like you said, you went for bloodshed. <laughs> yeah, I lost I lost sight of the the real goal. I was busy killing you. You were doing a pretty good job of it <laughs> until you hit the lemurs. <laughs> well, the lemurs, you have to melee them. Uh, well, they, they have the same defensive stats, but for some reason, your attacks against them rolled low and I had good defense rolls. Because they, they have worse stats than anything else in my list, but yet they survived all game unscathed. I don't believe you. <laughs> I think that's a, uh, a communist plot. Oh, wait, I'm not a communist. I think it's a, a capitalist plot. Yeah, but <laughs> the monkeys are not capitalist either, so. Well, says you. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think the jury's still out. Sure. Aren't they like thieves? Wasn't that the, the whole backstory? They were like cat burglar type things? Uh, the lemurs are, not the monkeys. Yes. So that if they're thieves, so they like currency and money. I think that definitely makes them capitalist. Yeah, but only the lemurs, not the rest of them. Well, the lemurs are what we're talking about, right? Mm. But you said monkeys. And the, mon the lemurs well, are not monkeys, so. They're monkey-esque. Yeah. I realize they're nothing you know, biologically like a monkey. Nope. <laughs> but in this case, they're spiritually monkeys. And since they have monkey spirits, uh, I'm putting them all together. Fine. So there. Yeah. But another good game was a lot of fun. Uh, it will it will be good once you can get some more models for your Red Republic to have some uh, variety. Yes. Or <laughs> if we finally get a scenario that's not the... Uh, uh, like zone control or territory control on <laughs> the game. There's like out of seven scenarios, I think only two are zone scoring, and that's the two we've been playing <laughs> since we started. So that pretty doesn't help you either. Yeah, and we randomly generate the beginning of each game which scenario we're playing. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm sort of glutton for punishment and I keep picking it on purpose. No, no, no. But also now we've played enough to know which we've played and remember. And uh, we can pick something else next time <laughs> if we do roll uh, another territory control. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, apart from those, uh, I did play more stuff. I played a game of Guild Ball with uh, Daniel. So, always fun to play with him. Played my masons into his uh, blacksmiths. And, uh, crazy game. Uh, I missed my last go run with the flint when he was coming back from the, from the bench. And because I, like, I had either the, I could try to make a goal to finish the game. It was a bit dicey, but it was the, the goal scoring option. But if I failed, I was giving him a flint on a platter. And I did fail. <laughs> so <laughs> he buttered him for the win on his side. Well, sometimes just the dice just roll that way. Oh, yeah. But it was not probably the safest option for my for me. I could probably have gone for maybe a takeout elsewhere and Eden Flint so he wouldn't be able to kill him. Yeah, we are all about the safe option and not the... Um Fluffiest option, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And exactly. I'm playing my uh, Mason as... Uh, I want to do goals with them when I play them. So, no, the takeout option was not there for me at all. And you have you have Corbelli, but he's not assembled, so you're not playing him yet. Well, he's not painted. Like, or not painted. I don't think there's assembly required. No, he's one piece, I think. Yeah. No, he's not painted yet. And I kind of want to uh, get Wrecker work with him because the monkey seems a bit uh, meh without without brick no not brick well he's even worse if you don't play brick but uh, honor because at least he has assist with honor oh yeah assist is good but uh, without brick and honor like why play him especially on a goal team where the wrecker can be a lot faster and he has pushes, free pushes, and yeah, so I want the Armadillo instead. Once I get my end on the Armadillo, I'll paint him and Corbelli, and uh, we'll, we'll go for even more goal scoring in my Mason. That's the challenge, though, right? Uh, I'll, I'll sculpt one. <laughs> it's a, a little ball with scale. I'll sculpt one instead. If I can find him, I'll sculpt it. I don't play tournaments anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. and if you did, no one here locally would stop you. No. Sure. So played that, and my last miniature game was a game of Aristea. Or oh, I think I mentioned that last time. I think I think we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I played right before the last recording, so skip that. Uh, after that, there were some um, uh, board games, though. I played my first game of chess with my son, with my oldest. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... Uh, Did you crush him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even not going all out, he he's, he doesn't know the pieces yet. and It's a hard game. It, yeah, so... That, that's chess not, is an easy game to learn, a yeah. very hard game to master. And I'm not great at it, but I, I know the game a bit. Yeah. Which is more than none in his case, so, yeah. I, I remember when I started playing, I had the... Uh, Cardboard pieces with the the movement patterns on them to help me out. Yep. He only had memory the 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 chess set he got doesn't have those. So I'm trying. Oh, I'll, I'll print the I'll print some help helpers for him. 
I think it's going to be easier for him to uh, to remember how they works, especially the uh, the knight. He just couldn't wrap his head around how they worked. Well, I mean, I, I so I used to play chess, and um, I am a decent chess player, with a couple caveats. Um, but anyway, for the knights, I always found it easiest as a kid to think of the fact that they moved like an L shape. Yeah, but that, yeah, no, it just didn't work. Didn't <laughs> I click. tried to explain that, and he just didn't pick it up. So well, every kid is different, right? Yeah. Um, um, with the uh, the visual helper, I think it's gonna be uh, easier for him. Yeah. So the thing about me is, I can play chess so long as the game does not run long. Mm-hmm. If it runs long, my I lose focus and I'm all over the place. If we can keep the game going fast, like play with a clock or whatever, I I do a lot better. No, I've never played chess with a clock. I remember once in college years ago, um, there was a guy that hung out at the gaming club, and he was a, he was big into chess, and he was going on and on and on about how good he was. And I I played him on the caveat that we had to hurry because I had a bus to catch or whatever, and. I murderized him, and he got <laughs> so mad. Like, he was the guy who would walk around... Like, you know how some gamers walk around and they brag about stuff their D&D characters do to try to impress women? Oh, yeah. A, or impress other gamers. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was the guy who would walk around and talk about his chess score. Uh, his Elo score or something like that? Yeah, his rating or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So he, he took it quite seriously, and he was a member of the chess club, and it was it was, it was funny. And then, of course, I, I never played him again. Because, you know, you can only get lucky so many times. <laughs> but it left him feeling very unfulfilled and angry. Which I was alright with. <laughs> you know, folks, I may be a bad person. It just occurred to me. Just talking. Just, just <laughs> there's, now. There's a possibility that I have a... Uh, Mean streak and or a vindictive streak. Uh, but I so, can't confirm or deny it. Yeah. Apart from that, we got another game out. Uh, a new game here. For us, Memo R. It's kind of a pirate memory game. Pirate team memory game. Okay. But it's, like, it's not really intrigued. <laughs> it's not regular memory. Like, there's no two identical cards uh, on the board. There are five animals and five backgrounds, like uh, jungles, flowers, sea, lava, stuff like that, that you would find on a, a treasure island. And the you have uh, 25 cards, so all uh, possible uh, juxtapositions, like a penguin on each of the five backgrounds, uh, and all five animals, once on each background. And when you play, each player starts with three animals that he can see before the game starts on his side of the board. And after that, the first player reveal any cards and you have to match either the animal or the background. But you only know three of the cards. So eventually, either with luck or with bad luck when you go into cards you don't know, 
and you get one that doesn't match, you're out of that round. You pick one of the volcano cards with the birds on it. And once there's only one player left, that player wins uh, a treasure card with a random amount of uh, rubies on it. And you take a minute to look at all the cards that were revealed. You flip them back down and you start over. But knowing some of the cards and having to remember the uh, the patterns and stuff like that. So every time you reveal a card, you need to match either the animal or the background. And you go until... Uh, you go for, I think, six rounds or seven rounds until you have all the treasure cards allocated. It's really fun. We've been able to play with... Tiras understand the rules. Juliet needs some help, but she can play and she has a, a better visual memory. So even if she's uh, younger, it works out for her. It's been a lot of fun. We've played, I think, at least an full time since last week. That's cool. Yeah. Muriel, uh, Muriel also has a pretty good visual memory. Mm-hmm. And she uses it to great effect to help her cheat. <laughs> like, she'll uh, she'll play the memory game, mm-hmm. and she'll set out all the cards on the floor. Oh, before you start a game? But she'll memorize cards. <laughs> but not adjacent to each other or whatever. Like, she'll spread them out to make it look random. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's my daughter. <laughs> You're sure so proud of her for that. Yep. Yep. I'm sure you're happy that she has a great memory, but that, that she used it like that. <laughs> So that she loses, uses her powers for evil? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the least of my concerns. There's going to be much more evil coming out of that child in the future. Mm-hmm. I, I already have... Um, like, I have, I've seen like snapshots of my future. It's not pretty. <laughs> Supreme negotiator. Yeah. Uh, you know the worst part with kids with memories? When they start bringing up stuff like... Remember this time, two years ago, when you said this, and then I did that, and this was your answer? Why is your answer this now? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it is, okay? Just because it is. Yeah, but that's not fair. You know, life's not fair. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and they have a, they don't have an exact compression of fairness. Like, everything is unfair to a kid. But... Well, a- anything that may potentially stand in their way of victory. Oh, yeah, or unjust. Yeah. Yeah, so... No, it doesn't need to be just. It's not just or not. I decide that's all it, how it is. But you you have the right to not like that. That's one of the big discussions we have here. It's like, you have the right to not be happy about the decision. That's still the decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh... I, I try to explain kind of like the concept of without prejudice to my daughter. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't agree with you. I'm telling you what to do. I don't care what you say. Uh, I'm not mad at you because you disagree, but uh, you're going to have to do it my way anyway. And she t- does not get it. <laughs> That's okay. And she gets me back in her own ways. Like when I have to explain sex to her yeah. at age five. Because she's put things together in her head. And uh, it's going on awfully weird places. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I'm saving those memories for when she's older and brings home her first boyfriend. <laughs> I'm I'm a great dad. <laughs> mm, yeah. So that's game played. <laughs> yeah, that's games played. <laughs> All right, we are uh, we are rambling like uh, we always do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything in the uh, Kickstarter news section? Yeah, we have some. Uh, I got three items for us today. First one by Antimatter Games is the Elder Sea Dragon. So this is mostly a, a wild creature you can have for scenario elements. And I think the Skilly Horde can summon them, or maybe some other faction. Some of some of the faction have shamans that can uh, summon uh, sea creatures. So this. Model. That's for Deep Wars. Okay. Yeah, it's for Deep Wars. It's It comes on a 80 millimeter, millimeter base, I think. And the model is is big. The model is 200 millimeter long, so uh, 8 inches long. Uh, on the base, it's kind of a mix of... Uh, like a sea turtle and a dragon, eh? Yeah, a sea turtle and a dragon. Or put like a, uh, a na- Chinese dragon... But uh, with cedar little legs. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's got legs, it's a bit a really more Chinese bulky. Dragon. Yeah, but it has the the slim sh- body shape of that. A bit more, but yeah, it's a okay. I'll it's give a you that. Really big uh, sea dragon. <laughs> uh, it looks really good. Uh, model is sixty five US. It's already available. So if people want. Uh, Pretty cool sea creature, or if you're playing uh, Deep Wars, so that's a, a great model to look for. That's another game that someday we have to get around to. Too many games. I'm not going to live long enough, Antoine. That's that's the problem we're going to hit. Yeah, I, I've like there's some games that are interesting right now, and for a first time, I'm starting to not download the rulebook. Yeah, that's that's a great way to avoid uh, your usual problem. Of getting into every game you find and read the rules for. Yeah. If you don't read the rules, you can't get into it. Yeah. Uh, I stopped before looking too much into the models or into the fluff or into the rules. I have yeah. a, a backlog of game I want just to try that I have miniatures for. So That's I, the other I need problem. to stop. <laughs> if games have cool fluff, like like look at an aerial and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is my in my back. An aerial, uh, Burles and Badger, Moonstone. That's three other skirmish games that I have enough models for two pair to try. That we have not tried yet. That and uh, Deep Deep Wars. So that's four other skirmish games. Deep Wars. I even have a faction for. Yeah, you haven't bought a, a, a faction for it. So because one of my friends was like so into it. Mm-hmm. I still want to play. So that's why. Uh, There are other games that I saw mentioned in the past few weeks, and I had to stop myself, but I did. Good man. And it was especially hard. Like, late in the the past couple of years, it was not that hard. Like, Amiwani is sparse, so it limits what I can buy. I still still have some. But uh, lately, I had uh, 
a couple of commissions and other money coming in that was available for Abby. So it's even worse because I know I have the money to buy it right now, which is not always the case. Uh, no, I stopped myself. You're a good man, Antoine. Mm-hmm. I think Iron Train's almost done. Yeah, that's good. Well, he's he's not exactly to a uh, astounding standard, but that that model only deserves so much attention. <laughs> that's your first model for your heavy metals, right? Yes. Or good guys, and if you go. Uh, Alignment? Uh, yes, technically. Yes. <laughs> so that's oh, wait it a for understanding the rules better, like I do now. That means I could actually play a, a good guy faction because I have four models. Yes, absolutely. Even if they're not in the same faction, you can play by alignment. So you can for sure play something else. Actually, technically, I have five models because Perrin is. Uh... Oh yeah, you can play Chernobog as Perrin. Do yeah. you have his card? Yes, he came with both. So, wow! Look at that. You can already vary your play. Well, already once you have painted them, but I I know your painting speed. So, well, and to be honest, things like uh, uh, Iron Train don't really require a ton of <laughs> like painting them is not hard. He's a big metal dude. Mm-hmm. He doesn't require much in the way of painting. So, back to news. That was yep. the first one. Second one. By Big Child Creative, they have the Black Sailors, Traders of Coburland Kickstarter project running right now. So I have a couple of weeks left to go. This is um, different from their previous projects. The two previous ones were for... Um, Orcs, pirates, orcs and goblins, pirates. Uh, different scale. They had boss. They had miniatures. They had uh, um, big scale miniatures, boss, everything from different uh, type of creatures. They even had trolls, if I remember correctly, trolls and ogres. Uh, this time, it's a line of seventy-five meter resins, uh, mostly of dwarves traders. Oh my goodness. These things look awesome. Yes, they the do. <laughs> Why do you show me these things, Antoine? <laughs> Man, that dwarf with like the the little halberd and the stein. Yeah, I like the dwarf scientist. Yeah, he looks cool too. Like the cartographer. Yeah, the cartographer. That's what the the sextant or the compass or whatever. Yep. Or the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look really good. Yeah. And as they go, they are uh, unlocking new skulls or add-ons or pieces and stuff like that. So, because worth is... riding the pelican is pretty awesome. Too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they look amazing. Uh, you can you need to look at thirty-five euros for the for miniatures for one after before shipping. So, what is that in real money? Thirty-five euros. That's probably what fifty-five bucks, something like that. Oh, no, I asked you first. Uh, 52. So, 52 Canadian dollars. Or if you want real money, is that USD? No, no, it's, it, we're Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 40 US, 52 Canadian. 
you get one of those models, those amazing dwarves. Uh, and if you go higher, you just get uh, more, uh, more for less, or you get uh, extra tidbits with them. So, really good. As I said, there's about two weeks left to go by the time we're released. The project is already funded. They're about a bit over three times their goal right now and going uh, up higher. So there's no reason they won't uh, fund by the end of the campaign. I don't think yeah, it's, it's people will cancel. It. And it's not they, their first time, so they're good to they, go. They've got lots of experience. Last projects by our friends at uh, Pentacult Games. Shovel Knight, the Dungeon Duels. We should get them on here to talk about it. Well, we haven't talked about it uh, uh, in the in last a, episode. A separate chat. The, that episode was never released, so they don't, listeners don't know. We had an episode recorded with Liz Beckley. Yep. Who's the, uh, the wife of one of the creators of Shovel Knights. And yeah. but uh, she's actually also part of that company. Yeah, yeah, she, she's she, also a she did all the painting and stuff like that. Well, I think she's also a, an investor. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, oh yeah, but the main two face are are still uh, Jonathan and uh, Eat. Yeah, they're the guys we see when they they talk about the campaign. So yeah, they we talked about that game uh, coming when we did that recording, but that we had the technical difficulties with that recording and couldn't release it. Sadly. Yeah, damn you, Liz! <laughs> so uh, the game Shovel Knight that's based on a side scroller uh, computer uh, video game. Yeah, and, and uh, I have never played. It. I've heard great mention of it and should try it, but. Uh, uh, well, they were they were demoing it at Adepticon, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't get a chance to try the demo. I didn't get a chance to watch the demo and talk to uh, Mark Maxi a lot, who was demoing it. Mm-hmm. And it had some really innovative mechanics. The um, I think it's one of their strengths that, like they did for uh, Wonder, it was it was their first game, and still they were really lauded about the the quality of the game design. Yeah, and I think it's going to be the same for this. Mm-hmm. So, because it's emulating a uh, a side scroller, right? The game board is arranged and made of tiles, and the tiles all shift to the left every turn. Oh, okay, that's it's similar. Cool. Like you're advancing on a on a on a platform, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're near the edge and the screen advances, are you fall out? <laughs> yep. <laughs> There, there was a a, Nikrun, uh, a Gorka Morka scenario like that. You were doing a car chase with terrain. You you shift everything up. It's a bit of pain with terrain and stuff like that. But with tiles, it works a lot better. Yeah, and the thing is, this game there's no um, there's no limit to your respawn. Mm-hmm. Just like in the actual video game, I think. So it's uh, but every time you die, I believe you lose half your money. And your money is your victory points. Okay. So the object is to finish the game with the most money possible. Yeah, uh, the game is a one to four player competitive side trolling board game, like yeah. they, they say. So <laughs> the miniatures are really cool, super cartoony knights yeah, and well, the shovels, uh, yeah. baddies. And they're, they're good. Uh, they're, they're simple, but I think that's based on it. A small eight bit uh, 
game that's that's normal. But they, they they look really good, and we've started to see some painted symbol by Elias. Yeah. So the, the the painted one looks amazing. Yeah. And you know the, the miniatures are exactly what the models look like. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the models in the game, I should say the three D models. So. The game is 70 bucks US. That gets you a copy of it and all the stretch goals once it, they are available. There's only one pledge level, so that's super easy. You get that and that's it. Uh, the delivery date estimated is July 2020, so July next year. Uh, right now, they are sitting on around 20,000. They are aiming for 80,000. It launched today, so yeah, <laughs> it's a bit normal. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think there's any uh, danger of them not reaching their goal. Yeah, uh, me neither. But I wish them uh, well with the project. They still have uh, just over three weeks left to go. Maybe we could try to uh, contact them and have them. Yeah, I'm sure talk about them before uh, the Kickstarter is done. Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to them. Uh, with me going on vacation, it makes things a little more challenging, but mm-hmm. I'm sure we can figure something out. I'll reach out to them this week and see what we can do. Yeah. And that's it for me. That's all the news. That's all the uh, Pulp City games we've played. And other, but mostly Pulp City. Yeah, mostly Pulp City. <laughs> all the Pulp City uh, hobby we've done. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this model. <laughs> I uh, I feel bad for this model. I feel like I'm not doing it justice. But... Iron Train still or something else? Yeah, Iron Train still. Yeah. It doesn't help that we're, you started doing that during the recording late at night, already being tired. Um, No, it's, it's really not that. that. That hasn't really affected it. No? It's not that late at night. It's only 10.30. But... Um, it's not it's not a model that inspires me, let's say. Mm-hmm. So that never makes things easy either. When you look at a model and you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's like weird textures on it that I don't know if it's... It didn't cast completely or if that's the way it's supposed to be. It kind of makes for an odd uh, situation. Yeah. But you're not exactly sure if the model supposed to be this way. Maybe. <laughs> And because I've done him, maybe if he was done more NMM style, it would look better. Also, I gave him the helmeted head as opposed to the unhelmeted. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of metal. And while I've tried to add accents, they're also in metal because he's basically a train. Yeah, the unhelmeted head maybe doesn't look as good, but I think it break. It would have broken out the uh, broken out. The all metal, yeah, for sure. And it's a superhero. It's not uh, an imperial guard, so maybe uh, it's per- it's too late to, to switch, <laughs> probably. But still, well, yeah, I I could pry the head off. It's crazy glued on, but mm-hmm. because that head was not very nice either. Maybe I could have swapped it with like an imperial guard head or something else. Oh yeah, with like, another head, maybe. I'm trying my, um, I'm using a bit of the creature caster paints. 
and uh, they're, they've separated quite badly. Oh. Uh, luckily, they have an agitator in there, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need some more of those, let me know. I have a coupon for them, and I just don't have enough to order to remake re- the shipping worth it. Really? The shipping is that bad? I mean, they're in Canada. No, it's not that bad, but like, I don't have anything specific I want to order. So, like, I won't order a couple of paint pots and pay as much shipping to get them. Yeah, no, for sure. Makes sense. So, if you need something, we'll talk. Okay. Yeah, I can certainly take a look. And I think that's enough rambling. (laughs) <laughs> for tonight. You think? Yeah. We yeah. we hit our quarter? We we're starting to plan uh paint purchases. Paint purchases. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's excellent radio, Antoine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was probably an excellent radio when we did the paint <laughs> episode. <laughs> and not at the end of a regular show after talking about generic news. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So this will not go down in, in the annals of our uh, show archive as the uh, best show we've ever made, but uh, it's a show, yep. which is uh, more than we did last week. So there you go. All right, buddy. So I will let you go. Yeah. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Bye, geeks. Thanks for listening to Geeks of the North. If you want to contact us, you can email us at geeksofthenorth at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks of the north, or follow us on Twitter at geeks of the north. You can follow me, Paul, at PR Filio, Antoine at Eltonio Berg, Steve at B underscore Steve, and if you really feel the need, I guess you can follow Yom. He's at Yomasta. Breaks and outro music by Ladrav. You can listen to them at ladrav.bandcamp.com. See you next time, geeks. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find The Nerd Bite, daily themed updates about several facets of nerddom with main focuses on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and things that fall under the Super Hulak fandom. Also, nerdy adventures, conventions, theme parks, and loot crates. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.